Yo, Chad, what if I told you there's a platform that could completely revolutionize your hiring strategy in a matter of hours? Yeah, I'd call bullshit. Well, it's not bullshit with AI for jobs powered by our friends at This Way Global. Okay, I'm listening. Uh, While everyone else is fishing in the same old talent pools, AI for Jobs can source over 160 million diverse candidate profiles. This Way Global has established unique partnerships with over 8,500 trusted diversity partners. So wait a minute. All of the hard on-the-ground work is already done. That's right, Cowboy. You can discover 300 qualified candidates per job rack instantly. Wow. It's like having a candidate sourcing magic wand. (laughs) Dude, if you had a magic wand, you would have Mexican pizzas all day. Mm. Uh, Stop distracting me, Sowash. AI for Jobs Advanced Matching Algorithm analyzes past applicants using trillions of historical matching events and over 1,600 data points. Now that is what AI should be doing, saving recruiters time on sourcing while they provide a white glove candidate experience. Let's wrap this shit up. I'm hungry. Listen up, kids. Revolutionize your hiring process today by jumping over to thiswayglobal.com and checking out AI for Jobs, where you can learn more about how to leverage AI for your recruiting instead of just writing poems and grocery lists. That is thiswayglobal.com. We out. Sovereign is known for providing the world's best and most accurate parsing products. And now, based on that technology, comes Sovereign's artificial intelligence matching and scoring software. In fractions of a second, receive match results that provide candidates scored by fit to job, and just as importantly, the job's fit to the candidate. Make faster and better placements. Find out more about our suite of products today by visiting Sovereign.com. That's S-O-V-R-E-N.com. We provide technology that thinks, communicates, and collaborates like a human. Sovereign. Software so human, you'll want to take it to dinner. Hide your kids. Lock the doors. You're listening to HR's most dangerous podcast. Chad Sowash and Joel Cheeseman are here to punch the recruiting industry right where it hurts. Complete with breaking news, brash opinion, and loads of snark. Buckle up, boys and girls. It's time for the Chad and Cheese Podcast. All right, all right, all right. What's up, everybody? This is Joel Cheeseman, co-host of the Chad and Cheese Podcast, and I'm joined, as always, by... Mr. Chad Sowash. Chad, how are you? Hello. Doing great, man. Hello. Hello. And today we are, we're giddy. I think we're, we're giddy and smitten to welcome <laughs> Allison Robinson, Robinson, easy for me to say, CEO and founder of The Mom Project. Has there been a more friendly company name than The Mom Project? <laughs> I already have visions of cookies and a warm blanket before I start start the uh, Ooh, interview process. That's, that's, well, to- that's totally sexist. I can make cookies. I have already offended our guest, and she hasn't said one word. That, you offended, that is just you offended me, sir. You offended me. <laughs> Sorry, Mom. Allison, welcome to the show if you're still there. Um, yeah, it's great to be here. Good, good. Excellent, excellent. So you spent, I want to jump into this real quick. You're you're in Cincinnati now. You spent some time in Boston and Cincinnati. You currently live in Chicago, but uh, you you spent seven years at P&G, at Procter & Gamble. Can you t- tell us 
a, a little bit of, God. about <laughs> that. Tell us a little bit about that. And then kind of like, if you could just kind of go like flow right into how the mom project came about in, in work labs. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I went to work, I was actually at PNG a, a bit longer. So I interned with them for two years while still in school um, and then joined the company full time when I graduated in June 2009. And it was a really fun ride there. I started out in sales. Um, so my first job there was actually in Charlotte, North Carolina, servicing one of our retail customers down there, Harris Teeter. Um, so love that job, love getting to know customers, really learning how to sell. From there, moved to Boston until finally making it back to Cincinnati, where I had the opportunity to work on the Pampers Innovation Team for North America, uh, which is where I really um, became so fascinated by the mom segment. And in that job, I was getting to spend a lot of time in homes with moms, understanding how technology was changing consumer behavior. Pampers Innovation. I, I I can't even start to understand what the hell that means. What is what does that actually mean? What's the mission of yeah. Pampers Innovation? We'll know in about 20 years, Chad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I mean, if you have used diapers and purchased a category in a while, yeah. they're not fully, you know, idiot proof yet. Sometimes they still leak. So we had a to continue making that core product better, it also at PNG innovation spans beyond product to also uh, what we call commercial innovation. So how are we reaching consumers in new ways, as well as product innovation? So um, oversaw some interesting work during my time there. We were looking at moving from Corgit boxes to um, bags to for, to be more eco friendly. So innovation kind of spanned the gamut between product consumer packaging, et cetera. Um, But yeah, it was a really fun job. And I really just became so inspired by moms. And I I saw these moms wake up at four in the morning to put themselves through online schooling to be able to build a better future for their families. And we all love our moms, right? Hell yeah. And I went on maternity leave from that job, had my son Asher, who just turned five, and read that over 40% of American women leave the workforce after becoming moms. So to me, I saw that you've got this incredible pool of amazing women who want to keep working, but priorities shift and work needs to look a little bit different. So So that was 40%. They permanently leave the workforce or they leave the workforce for like a span to three to five years? Exactly. For a for um, I believe that specific stat for um, a period of time, which could be up to five, five or so years. So as a new mom myself, I, I was really looking for a product like the mom project that could help me find work that was really compatible with family. And um, so very much born out of my own need and, and desire to have something like this that existed. So how did it start? Talk us through the early days of the company. I think you're around four or five years old, if I, if I read yeah. that right. And you guys did some <laughs> money raising and all that good stuff. So talk us through the early days to, to now. Yeah. So my son literally just turned five last month. So the, the company, I started working on it when he was two, three months old. And I, uh, you know, it, it was nothing fancy at all. I was just sort of doing some market research. I understood why this was a need for moms, but 
really I knew for the company to be a business, like it had to work for for companies. Um, so did a lot of kind of market research, started talking to anybody who would speak with me, small business owners, particularly, to say, hey, if you could tap into this highly skilled workforce that wants to work flexibly, but in return can do great things for you, is that of interest? And it all came back pretty confirmatory. So kind of my first big project was getting a site up and running. So I hired an agency out of New York. So they built me a site. And when we launched, we actually had the Chicago Tribune feature us on the front page of their business section. Hello. Yeah. Like well before I was like prepared. (laughs) And so it just feels like we've been sort of you know, building the plane as we're flying it for the last five years. We, we, um, my husband actually joined me full time as things were really taking off, but I really struggled to raise financial capital early on. So he and I really put every, everything into the business because we saw what a big opportunity it was in front of us. So we, we kind of self-funded it, bootstrapped it for the first couple of years, then decided to bring on some outside capital in 2018 and have gone on to raise both a Series A and Series B round. Yeah, it's been every year has looked so different. It's been really fun. A little over 35 million, correct? 35 million. Um, That's a yeah. chunk of change. Good for you. The, the growth that we've seen in our customers is because moms are that exceptional. And so, um, you know, it's been really fun to kind of figure out how to make it work for these large enterprise organizations and small businesses. But it's been, yeah, every year has felt so different, but like in the best types of ways. So on the website, it says connecting our community of 300,000 talented women with jobs at employers that respect work and life integration. Now, before COVID, this was a big topic. Now it's turned into a standard discussion for everyone. I mean, really, who knew balancing kids and work would be such a big deal, right? I mean, mediocre white guys, it wasn't a problem for them. So hell, are moms accumulating major cred now during this time for this experience? I think there's more of an acknowledgement. Um, Certainly moms have always understood how hard this is. Um, But I, I do think men are seeing it um, they're, they're <laughs> yes. time at home, right? And so I think that there is recognition for how hard it is to be a working mom, a working parent. And so I'm starting to see a lot more compassion in the workplace and kind of more acknowledgement of all the life that happens outside of work. So I do think moms are getting more credit. I don't, certainly not as much as I think they deserve. And in some ways, you know, it's it's just been so challenging with the pandemic. Women have been disproportionately impacted by job losses from the pandemic. We're in the midst of a childcare crisis, a healthcare crisis. So it, it feels like um, things actually are getting harder, but there is a bit more um, sympathy or empathy, if you will. Will that empathy actually turn into action and outcomes when we're talking about hiring from a lot of these major brands who are spending billions of dollars on diversity and inclusion training? I mean, there's a lot of training happening, but are we seeing the outcomes from this? You know, I think we have a long way to go. I do. In the US, only about 8% of the Fortune 500 CEOs are women. So I think we... 
you know, after a period of major boom in terms of women's advancement in the workplace in the 70s, the 80s, um, things started to really taper off in the 90s. Um, and actually, the overall female labor participation rate has, has been stagnating since. So I think not too many more women are in the workplace. Um, and then the ones that stay are, are certainly not advancing at, at the levels that we'd like. Um, I think if you look at the entry level, there's near gender parity. But as we look at those manager ranks, director ranks, VP ranks, executive ranks, women are still not elevating. Yeah. Are we thinking that's because of the whole mommy tracking scenario? Because as soon as they're out of the workforce for a year, two years, three years, they're automatically mommy tracked instead. So therefore, they can't meet their peers, their male peers, because uh, they never left the workforce. I certainly think that that's one of the challenges for sure. I think whether it's women who leave the workforce and uh, are trying to get back, that's really challenging. Also, we lack things like federal paid family leave. Child care is super, super expensive in the U.S. and many more costly than college. So it, it often feels like the odds are against you when it comes to having a career and a family. And then there's a lot of other just kind of gender related, maybe not parenting related issues that women face. Um, there's a real lack of, of role models, right? We t- I spoke about the 8%. Um, yeah. But when you don't see people in leadership positions that look like you, it gives one self-doubt that they can get there. That's something that I struggle with. And so I, I think, you know, why why women have not made more progress. Um, there's a lot of contributing factors, but those are just a couple of them. So what are you guys doing to help in that initiative? Because you're, uh, you're 100% right. When 7.6% of yeah. the Fortune 500 are females and the other shocking stat, uh, there are only three black CEOs and they're all male. There are yeah. no black female CEOs. So what can the mom project do to be able to press forward to, to, to try to, to try to drive parity? So our goal is to really allow more women to stay or re-engage with the workforce. So whether that looks like helping a woman get back to work and land a really great role after she's taken some time away, we know that can be a really intimidating experience and, and being her trusted partner and, and being able to do that. Or for new moms who, you know, we'd love to keep them in the workforce. Maybe they can't keep grinding out a 60, 70 hour schedule, but maybe they want to move part time or just a job with a shorter commute. So for us, it's really connecting her with the right opportunity for where she's at in her life that will fulfill her professionally and personally. And then for the companies, it's it's bringing in this incredible talent pool, as well as helping companies retain the talent that they already have. Um, earlier this year, we acquired a company out of New York called Work, and we for, we merged it with our the research and insights division that we had already been running. Um, it's led by an incredible woman, Dr. Pam Cohen. And so that's called Work Labs. So there's a fair amount of advisory work that we do with companies to get their cultures ready to support um, diverse populations, including parents, including minorities. 
Um, so that's been really cool. So we not only want to connect women with the right work opportunities, but we want to send them into companies and cultures where we know that they can really thrive. You mentioned role models. Um, and I, I got to ask about Serena, which I yeah. think was one of the news items that, that Chad and I uh, sort of grabbed onto. That's a huge win. How did that come about? What is Serena doing for you guys? Uh, are there going to be more celebrity endorsements at the company? Is that something you guys want to do? Yeah, Serena is so amazing. I mean, to me, as I think about role models who are working moms, like she, she's it. Like she yeah. is just so honest about who she is as an athlete, as a mother, and um, she's just so forward with it. And I just find that to be so, so refreshing. So I had the opportunity uh, to bring Serena on. Actually, her husband, Alexis, one of the founding partners of Initialized Capital, who um, led our Series A round. So um, he was able to help make some introductions. And this is, you know, an area that she's really passionate about supporting work, other working moms. So we're really excited to have her be an adv- strategic advisor to, to the company. Um, she's amazing. Um, and I think, yeah, absolutely. I think we, as we think about the future, how do we align with um, other leaders, whether that be um, athletes or um, more public, other public figures who we think really represent the values um, of the mom project. So we're seeing, uh, seeing this trend sort of become uh, popularized. Uh, we've had the CEO of Fairy Godboss on the show, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, I know in her site is another one that's sort of focused on women. Um, do you guys differentiate yourself in a certain way from those other sites? I mean, I know they're more of review sites, which I don't think your site has reviews, but you can correct me on that if I'm wrong. Um, just curious on like how you guys are different, how you set yourself apart from some of the other female initiatives that are out there, or is it just mothers that's part of the, the uniqueness? I think um, if you were to look at us and how we fit into the ecosystem, we're really like the experts on hiring women and mothers. You know, it's interesting. People sometimes think of this as a niche segment, which I laugh at because 86% of women will become moms by age 44. So it is the vast, vast majority of the experienced female talent pool. Um, So we're really focused on building and connecting moms with, with economic opportunity and really unlocking this, in my opinion, dormant strength in our economy. I think what also makes us a bit different is really kind of the focus that we have on original research and insights. That was an area that I felt really early on had to be kind of critical to our value proposition with customers. It wouldn't be enough for them to just kind of view Mom Project as a hiring partner, but really kind of a more strategic partner on moving the needle on gender diversity. So those are a couple of ways that we're different. I think as we look longer term, we're really excited about this community of moms that we're, that we're building. We actually launched a feature a few weeks ago in beta. Colleen is our chief community officer. And she says that, uh, which I think is so smart, that the next generation of user-generated content will be user-generated support. Right, so we've got all of three hundred thousand women amongst our digital community that want to support one another. So we're really excited to explore that further um, as we think about kind of long-term plans for the Mom Project. Okay, listener, how can you help your employees become more productive? I have answers. How about automating? 
manual and repetitive tasks, giving meaning to data, then allowing that data to actually drive decisions. And how about matching people to your jobs quicker? Well, wait, the Chad and Cheese has a new LLM? No, Cheeseman, I'm talking about text kernel. Ah, okay, that makes more sense. What I'm hearing is the groundbreaking concept of, wait for it, yeah, simplicity. <laughs> seriously, though, seriously. Text kernel cuts through the complexities like a tortilla chip through some hot nacho cheese. Oh, my God. Really? Nacho references already. Anyways, text kernel uh-huh. brings efficiency and productivity to your operations. Text kernel seamlessly unifies your tools and data to drive efficiencies and success. TextKernel is creating new opportunities for your recruitment journey, kind of like adding guac to my barbacoa burrito. Oh my God. How about extracting meaningful insights from data? I mean, that, that's something. Swiftly matching yeah. people with jobs, automating repetitive tasks. Who knew such advanced concepts were even possible in the land of human resources? Uh, we did, Chad. We did. Dude, wrap it up. I'm a little hungry. Imagine that. Uh, okay, listener, get ready to use today's tech to drive efficiencies and productivity. Visit textkernel.com. That's T-E-X-T-K-E-R-N-E-L.com. Mmm, nachos. <laughs> Okay, so uh, talking about 300,000 mothers providing support into a system, this sounds pretty ripe for Alexis over at Reddit to, to pour more money into it. But that being said, you talk about being a hiring partner. Uh, diversity is, is a big talking point for major organizations right now, but we, we've heard this shit all before and numbers don't lie. We've talked about the, the there are only 38 female CEOs. We're, we're still seeing at the at the uh, leadership level that there, there's not parity, right? So there's a lot of smoke and mirrors. There's a lot of money being thrown at training and, and things that don't drive outcomes. What are you guys doing to be able to help companies drive outcomes? And how? I guess if I was a company and I wanted to be able to uh, become a part of the mom project today, how, how, would, how would you start that? And how could you help them with some of those outcomes and in, in hiring moms? Yeah. And I think, you know, everybody's looking for the silver bullet. And the truth is it's, it's the hard work, right? Like day in and day out of building a really strong culture where employees are engaged, they're happy. And that takes time. That takes years. And so when we, when we speak with a company that's, you know, and some are very honest with us, they say, look, like, I'm not ready to partner with you because frankly, the women that we would hire would not be set up for success. So they actually want to engage with us through Work Labs, so our research and insights division. And so the, the area of focus there is really around gaining employee perspectives um, so Pam, who runs it, she is a social psychologist. Her background is really in research and, and qualitative research. So we do a thorough assessment. We talk to typically 50 up to 100 people within the organization to really get a, a clear understanding on, you know, what are the areas that the company is doing well when it comes to topics like 
DEI culture, what's not going well. And she's able to help companies understand the the most important investments that they can move on to make meaningful progress. Um, and we can segment that by company size, employee population. Maybe women in marketing are really thriving and advancing to the, that leadership track. What's happening over here in engineering? So the segmentation on that gets really interesting and it gets very prescriptive. So so that's all all drawn from the qualitative research. And then we, we test it empirically through um, a survey that we typically field across the organization. So that really serves as the playbook on, on how we can partner with companies to make progress and understanding what those opportunities are. Um, beyond that, we, we love partnering with our customers. Many of our customers are doing a great job when it comes to supporting women and moms. We, we love joining them for their ERGs, um, sharing our research. Right now, particularly every CEO is kind of thinking about what more can I be doing to support parents who, you know, for many have Um, kids at home trying to do online learning, manage a full-time workload. So they're looking to us for the answers. I think intent is high. Um, It really comes down to the how. Yeah, that's the, that's the big key, right? So the the world economic forum states that there's, it's going to take about 257 years to actually reach pay equity. There's no way in hell we can wait that long for hiring equity. So uh, the the big question for me, and, and I'm all about how we how we build talent to be able to pipeline into corporate America today because we have way too many skills gaps as it is. What can you know the work lab or the mom project actually do or are you doing to be able to identify the gaps that are out there and fill them with Females. I mean, th- there's a there's a new Google certificate program that's out there today to help with many different levels. I guess you could say of uh, of uh, cert- certifications where you don't need a four year degree, or maybe if you have one, that's great. This is just a quicker way to actually get involved. Are you working with any companies like the Googles or maybe Udemy's or, or things like that to help your constituents get to where they need to be. And that's into a job. That's spot on. And it's something that I think a lot about. And how do we get women really in emerging the highest paying fields like technology, where we know that they're vastly underrepresented today? Only about 25% of computer programmers are women. So upskilling is certainly a priority of ours. We have partnerships with some reskilling organizations, including Lambda. I'm a huge fan of what they're doing. We're actually right now kicking off a major initiative um, through our 501c3, where we're going to grant uh, 10,000 free scholarships for upskilling certificates over the next three years. So Google certificates, Salesforce, um, these certificates have meaningful, meaningful impact on people's earning potential. Um, so we're really focused on getting those in the hands of women of color. We, we, um, we believe that that's so necessary. We see how much women are struggling overall um, coming out of the pandemic, but particularly women of color um, who are more likely to be single moms, um, so I, I couldn't agree more. Upskilling is so, so critical. Allison, I don't know if you've heard, but there's an election this year. And I'm, I'm curious, 
what government, uh, what role government plays uh, in in this initiative. Um, you mentioned community uh, on the site. Um, do you guys uh, sort of support, you know, voter registration initiatives, or is there uh, goals to to maybe lobby Congress in the future from the Mom Project? Talk about, I guess, the political government aspect of what you guys do or might be doing in the future. Yeah, I think policy plays a really important role in the work that we do. Some areas in particular um, that you can find me kind of campaigning for are federal paid family leave um, available to all American workers. Um, And and the other key one is is childcare subsidies. Um, So many women leave the workforce too soon because they're looking at the difference between their take-home earnings and the cost to put them their their child through daycare, and they're saying this math doesn't make sense. So, I really would love to see a nationally funded preschool program. I think that is probably the single biggest thing we can do uh, to really move the needle on on women workforce participation. So building a better workplace where girls don't have to decide between work and family. And I actually extracted that from, from one of your videos. I have two daughters, both are in college. Joel has, and Joel has one as well. And we don't want to see our girls get mommy tracked into a mommy tracked version of life unless they want to themselves, because it seems it's, it's not, it's not a choice at this at this point you're either going to have kids and be mommy tracked but you you can't continue quote unquote to stay on the same line as your peers how how as as fathers how can we help um guide our 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 daughters to to hopefully stay out of that but still have kids i love that question so much i think the biggest thing you can do for your daughters is be advocating today for workplace changes that will allow that. I spoke with with someone yesterday and he told me he really like connected with what we were doing because he had a mother who was, her career was really taking off as he was a child and she stepped back and, you know, it was really hard for her to get back in. And his mother's sister decided to never have children because they were so fearful of what that would mean for their career. So that tension is so real. So things like remote work, paid family leave, things that make that tension reduced, I think is the biggest thing that we can do as leaders to prepare the next generation for a better workplace where they really can have that more fulfilled, well-rounded um goals, whether that means family or working, working, not working, um, really empowering that, that choice. When I think about initiatives like this, I always sort of steer to uh, the money or the business case. Um, and it, it still, I still, it's hard for me to still believe when you're looking at, you know, majority of valedictorians are, are girls. Uh, most of our college graduates now are, are females. And the business case seems obvious to me. Um, but so what what are you seeing as the major, I guess, sort of hurdle um, in getting this initiative off the ground? And I guess if, if I were a company sort of on the fence of whether I should engage with, with mothers, um, what would you tell that company to get them off the fence? You know, hiring 
and advancing retaining women and mothers is absolutely good for business. There's a lot of data that supports that gender diverse teams outperform their more homogenous peers. I love kind of taking a look at, you know, countries that have been led by women through the pandemic. Look at how they fare compared to ones led by men. I called a female advantage. So all of the data is there. We actually conducted some research of our own to look at specifically why moms make great coworkers and colleagues. We found that when when moms are in roles of management, they drive towards a more equitable a more productive and a more engaged workplace. So um, all, all of it's there. Um, so I think you just have to ask yourself, why not? Um, why, why am I not able to retain these incredible women? Really take a look at your culture and, and figure out what's driving women out um, and make an effort to hire moms um, Moms are also very ethnically diverse. It's interesting. Over two-thirds of new moms in the U.S. are multicultural. Um, So not only is it great from a gender diversity perspective, it's also a great way to drive um, ethnic diversity as well. Well, That's amazing, Allison. We truly appreciate you taking the time and for all of those companies or even partners that are out there who want to get involved with the mom project, where should they go and how should they connect with you? Yeah. So please uh, come to our site, themomproject.com. Also feel free to reach out to me directly. It's Allison, A-L-L-I-S-O-N dot Robinson at themomproject.com. And um, would love to hear from you. Excellent. Reds or Cubs, Allison? Oh, Reds. <laughs> and with that, we out. We out. Thank you for listening to podcasts with Chad and Cheese. Brilliant. They talk about recruiting. They talk about technology. But most of all, they talk about nothing. Anywho, be sure to subscribe today on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. We out. The Jim Stroud Podcast explores the discoveries and trends forming the future of our lives. Brain-to-brain communication, robot bosses, microchip implants for workers, and artificial intelligence replacing human workers are all happening now. If you want to know what's happening next, subscribe now to the Jim Stroud Podcast.